Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to episode 106 of Geek Town Radio. This week I have with me Matt. Hi David, how are you? I'm alright, how are you? I um, had some trouble sleeping last night for because um, <laughs> of heartburn and stuff, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling better now, which is good. a good, good thing. That's yeah. excellent. What have you been up to the last sort of few weeks? Been quite knee deep in uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, the big new PlayStation exclusive. Um, yes, which has been quite fun. Have you played any of it? I haven't. No. It's a bit kind of overwhelming at the start, and sort of because um, the game doesn't really tell you stuff, but it seems like it's it sort of wants you to discover things. But since the start, I've got like three different bows and like seven different types of arrows, and uh, <laughs> it's really satisfying when you have. The, <laughs> the robots um, that get bigger and then with the robots that get bigger they have um, individual parts of them that you can essentially shoot off oh, right okay and it's yeah. very satisfying when a great big intimidating robot comes towards you and you sort of roll out the way you turn around you shoot and then a massive you have to you have to do a couple of shots on each part but it's very satisfying when you get a last shot off and a big chunk of the robot just flies off and then they uh, sort of stagger and then you go over to them and hit them with your spear and all that sort of thing it's uh it's really good stories started to pick up as well there was a, a mystery character i sort of came across and he gets you to do certain things and then um you have a big long kind of run sequence which i barely survived through um <laughs> it, it's it's basically like a um mission where you go in you climb on, on one of these tall neck things it's basically a one of the robots in the game that doesn't harm you, but they're essentially um, like a sort of watchtower thing. You go up to the top of it, you activate it, and then it like opens more of the map up. Right, okay. Basically, like he said, can you go on top of his robots and then, you know, turn the switch, but then as soon as you turn the switch, you better like get out of there sort of thing. So, right, um, okay. It started to pick up a bit more. Good. The combat was a bit sort of daunting because I was sort of like, when the robots started getting bigger, <laughs> I thought, how am I going to take down these massive things that. Um, Say, you, are, you are going after robots with bow and arrow by the sides of it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's this particular one called the Sawtooth. Right. And it literally runs and charges at you and just like whacks you across the thing and like two of those hits and you're down sort of thing. Oh, God. But weirdly, a lot of the robots look like particular animals, like things like crocodiles and deers and all that kind of thing. So, uh, okay. yeah, it, it's very interesting. I'm enjoying it a lot. So. Oh, good, good. I watched a film, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I watched a film called Sausage Party. Right, um, yeah. And I had a friend who is a parent who was mistaken in thinking it was a children's film. <laughs> it is not a children's film. Um, no, I'm sure. No, it is very much not a children's <laughs> film. I don't quite know it. I think what they did was they just watched um, a trailer 
trailer that didn't have right. let's just say the very big adult part of the film. Yeah. Um I think she watched a trailer that didn't have that in it and she was like, Oh, it's an animated thing about like food and stuff in the store. Um <laughs> so yes, don't watch that with your yeah. with your children because no. Yeah, it's extremely adult. But yeah, it was really funny and it's really sort of... Uh, basically, the plot of it is this lot of food in the store can't wait to be like put into a basket and then like go out into the big world sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, even though they don't realise that they'll essentially be yeah. killed because, you know, the sausages, for example, you put them in the pan and then they'll they'll die because they'll be, you know, <laughs> put in like boiling water or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's really funny and it's sort of... Um, some of the people walking around the store with their trolleys and then like as the trolleys come around, like, oh, Oh, it might be my turn, sort of thing. So, yeah, <laughs> it was very funny. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and it's about an hour and a half, an hour and 40 minutes, so it won't take too much of your time if you want to yes. go and watch it. So, yeah, that was very fun. I watched another film called Hardcore Henry. Don't know if you've heard of that. No, don't know that one. It's basically like a Russian first-person action film. Um, I okay. tried to watch it in VR, the VR cardboard thing. It didn't work that way at all because obviously it wasn't configured for that. Yeah. Um, I didn't get dizzy or anything like that. I enjoyed the film a lot. The entire thing is in first person. <laughs> wow. Uh, so yeah, it, it's kind of like watching your friend play Call of Duty. Yeah. But a bit more sort of fluid. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so that, that was a lot of fun. I watched a couple of episodes of Glitch on Netflix. Oh, yes. I have heard of Glitch, but I haven't watched any of it yet. It's a little bit like The the Returned, which was the French um, drama. Yes. But it's sort of uh, these people literally come out of their graves in the the first episode and they're all confused. A couple of them don't speak English. And then uh, there's a police officer there who gets a call about disturbance and everybody's wondering what's going on. And um, some of them can't remember how they died. A couple of them died like over 100 years ago. Right. One of them was the mayor of this town sort of thing. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to reclaim my position. <laughs> I was like, good luck with that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just them kind of figuring out what happened and, yeah, catching up on 100 years of events, I suppose. Yes. Uh, that's yeah. how long they've been gone for. So, yeah, there's about six characters, I think. Okay. Um, and, like, that- one of them is the officer's wife and there's complications there because... Obviously, he's got a new partner now and all that sort of thing. Yeah, so. the the sort of French drama, the Le Rev- Les Revenant, and then yeah, yeah. the there's been about five, six different variations on a theme mm. with that with various programs because America's done a version. I think I don't think we've ever directly done a version, but there was no, there was, it was two on, versions uh, in America it, and the American yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, they've done two versions. I think in America, they've or there was a Canadian version. I think. I mean, it, it's just nuts. Everybody seems to have gone down that road for a while. The French one was incredible, though. I I enjoyed it an absolute ton. Yeah, uh, I had two seasons. I think they're on Netflix as well. At least the first season. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and although there's subtitles, if you if you're watching a show probably, then that shouldn't really be. I, it's a bit distracting sometimes because if you want to look at what a character's doing, but you have to read subtitles, it's yeah, uh, yeah, they can, can be, be a slightly. bit distracting. But, yeah. uh, makes you fully engaged so um, just a couple more things um, I had a look into Steam yesterday I downloaded it on my laptop and um, oh, was right. just having a little look around and it's actually really easy to connect a controller I didn't realise how easy it was because yes. somebody was talking to me in, in the past like you have to install drivers and all this oh, sort of stuff right. I was like that sounds really kind of daunting but not if you've got an Xbox controller you don't no <laughs> Uh, I can. I tried connecting the PlayStation one, and it's just like using the micro um, USB sort of thing. So right, 
it was pretty easy. So I downloaded a couple of demos and I'll see. I just, I just want to kind of test how my laptop runs games. Yeah. So it's probably a good way to do that. Yeah. Uh, you, you got Steam, haven't you? you yeah, I, I love Steam. I, I buy pretty much everything I buy is, is bought through either Steam or EA Origin. So mostly mm. through Steam, though. I Steam is the first place I would go to buy a PC game. Is um, that where you were playing over on Mass Effect trial? On the um, uh, Mass Effect, the Mass Effect trial was yeah. on. EA have their own platform called Origin on the PC, and it's Origin Early Access. And if you have mm. Origin Early Access, you, um, I mean, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda is out. I think. Thursday in Europe. It's out, well, it's out very late Wednesday night, actually, I think. It's out 11 p.m. Wednesday night, so, you know, mm. effectively Thursday morning. They've been doing a 10-hour trial, though, so if you want to go on, if you've got EA, sorry, Origin Early Access, or if you've got it on the Xbox, I think, as well. Yeah, the EA Access on there. Yeah, if you have yeah. EA Access on there, you can play the 10-hour trial on there, so it's basically the first 10 hours of the game. Mm. It stops you, actually, when you get Get to a certain point of the in in the game, regardless of whether you've run out of hours or not. Okay, but you it, can it, it, you so can. If you're then, intending to like plow through it sort of thing and see if you can finish it. it yeah, like stops you, you sort of thing. yeah, you can't. You okay. can only get to a certain <laughs> point in the game, but you can then kind of not finish the game and go back and do other little side missions and stuff if you've still got time left over. So, mm. um, but yeah, we should really talk a bit about. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, because if okay. you've been around on the internet, you'll have seen quite a lot of people just complaining about it, about the uh, mm. animations. I've heard people complaining about the storyline as well, which I really don't get, because I think the storyline's perfectly fine. I think it, it's it's engaging and interesting and different. It moves things on. I know some people have been complaining about how the game looks, and some of the facial animations, I will admit, are, aren't great, but... You know, I've only seen um, screenshots of them. There's, pro- there's probably a video on YouTube out there that there I will go be. And check out. Yeah, of someone of one of one of the million people on the internet making other <laughs> stuff because uh, yes, that kind of thing happens. Yeah, the mouth animations, the speech animations are, are one of the big things. I only had one point where it, it was particularly bad. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, it's it's fine. I've not had a few huge issue with it. I know some people have had an issue with the fact that it's it's quite different to the previous Mass Effect games. What they've basically done is they've taken the Dragon Age Inquisition engine and used that for Mass Effect, whereas they were quite different previously because it, you you had almost the the way it worked previously. You were almost looking directly over the shoulder of of the the person of the guy that you were controlling in Mass Effect. Now you're you're very much in a third person view so it's much more of a standard third person layout so it does look a little bit different but i think it's beautifully rendered i think i think generally i think it looks a lot better the environments are much nicer yes there are issues with some of the animations but that may be just because it's it's an earlier version and you know they may tweak some bits and pieces when it gets released in a few days you know they may have had a bit of time to tweak tweak that and sort it out It'll probably be a uh, day one patch or something like that. Yeah, so they could very well be. Yeah. yeah, but overall, I I'm really really enjoyed it. I found it engaging. I liked the changes that they made. I thought it works really well. I mean, I was a huge fan of Dragon Age Inquisition, and I know people were divided on that as well. So my guess is, if you didn't like Dragon Age Inquisition, you're going to hate this as well, because <laughs> a lot of the mechanics are are quite similar, but 
I think the the engine is much better. The fights feel a lot more visceral, and you're kind of drawn more into them. You know, you can't. The one change which I know has upset some people in that you can't micromanage your squad as much as you could previously. You can basically sort of give them certain skills but you can't specifically set when they fire those skills and that sort of stuff so they're far more autonomous than they were before but they seem to work relatively well I, i've not had any problems with them i mean i've i've never been massively into micromanaging the rest of the squad anyway so that particularly didn't bother me but yeah i i'm really enjoyed it and i'm sort of just waiting it's kind of cruel because you get you get 10 hours to play and once you those 10 hours are up you kind of can't do anything until the, the official game is released which i know is kind of a few days time so you, you kind of sat there thinking <laughs> i want to play the rest now uh so yeah i i'm kind of stuck at the moment waiting for that to be released on wednesday night thursday morning so um i don't have a problem with it at all i thought it was it was a solid gaming experience i think people are just getting very very fussy about every nothing yeah <laughs> I, yeah i mean which as they do but it's by no means a bad game at the moment mm. certainly from the 10 hour bit that i played um interestingly pc gamers seem to have gone after it which is surprising for them because they usually you know they they liked dragon age inquisition i think i i seem to remember and so i don't know why they've gone after this quite so hard as they have but i'll be interesting to see what review they give it because they're usually fairly solid in their reviews you know so i i that's going to be intriguing when that gets released but yeah Personally, I, I think if you like RPG games and certainly if you like things like Dragon Age Inquisition and you want sort of something that's that sort of format but set in space, well worth going out and getting, I think. Yeah, I'm definitely going to play it. It's just a case of um, I don't want to deviate my um, attention from Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn and then like go back to it and all that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. And then there's like, you know, we had a new console come out about a week ago and then we had Ghost Recon Wildlands come out and we've got uh, Mass Effect coming out. And, you know, it, no, uh, I, yeah, I know what you mean. One at a time sort of thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is a pain if you if you're jumping backwards and forwards between games. So yes, but I I will be playing through the rest of that when that comes out. I mm. just forewarning: don't expect much posting on Thursday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so other new stuff this week: Iron Fist came out mm-hmm. on Netflix. Have you seen any of this yet? Yeah, I had that on uh, my list as well. I've watched the first five or six. It's, I think I, I, I think I'm. I think I'm at five now. So yeah. So what did you think of it so far? I I don't understand the bad reviews. Uh, I, no. I just don't like. No. It's bit, um specifically Alan Seppamore said. Um, I think I've mentioned him on there before. Yeah. He said that like Danny's uh, or the guy who played is it Finn Jones plays Danny. Finn Jones, yeah. Iron Fist, yeah. He said that like he's pretty bad at like his fighting and he's not choreographed properly and stuff like that. And I don't see any uh, no problems with it. No, um, I mean, admittedly, I'm not a martial arts arcs expert, but I didn't have any issues with the fight sequences. I thought they were they were perfectly well choreographed. I mean, mm. I, I think there were certain bits where... I like, maybe the very first bit where he starts... Maybe it was because I was just kind of looking out for it because I read Alan Moore's review, but, you know, when he first goes into a building and he's wearing his, like, ragged clothes and he beats up the security guards... Yeah. The fighting seemed a little bit like, I don't know, slow in that part. Unless it was just because that's when I was looking out for it. I don't know. I think that's the fighting style, though. I don't necessarily... Mm. I, I I don't think that's an issue 
with him being badly choreographed. I think that's probably a more realistic, I, I would say. But I, again, I'm not a martial arts expert, so I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, I, I haven't had any problem with the fight sequences. I think th- there were little things like, you know, in the last couple of films, you know, with, with Daredevil and Luke Cage, they've mm-hmm. had fight sequences which were sort of contained within a corridor and they've done, been done kind of in one shot. Yeah. You know, they've had those. There was an opportunity to do that with Iron Fist and they didn't use it which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a, a, a fight sequence in a corridor when he goes into, I think it's a Chinese restaurant, and there is a fight sequence there. And I, that I thought it was interesting with that, that they didn't go down the road of, of doing that in one mm-hmm. continuous take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that, that would have been a perfect opportunity to do it. And, you know, so maybe there are little things like that. Maybe it isn't directed quite as artfully as some of the others. But certainly, I think plot-wise, it, it's reasonable. There is one other slight issue, which I, I don't know how this is going to play out yet, because I'm not that far into the series. I think I'm on episode five. Um mm-hmm. Minor spoiler, I, I will warn you now, but I think this has been fairly widely publicised that Claire, the night nurse, yeah. is is in the show. And, mm. you know, they're, they're dealing with bad guys and he meets Claire and they're having this conversation. And there is a, a slight hole in the plot there where you kind of think, well, Claire knows Luke Cage and knows Daredevil. If he's having problems with bad guys, surely that's the point where she goes, I know someone, yeah. you know? I, and and that's where they're, in, you know, that I, I know they, they don't necessarily want to introduce them all together until yeah, Defenders, defenders but yeah. as a plot point, unless there's a solid reason not to bring Daredevil in, why wouldn't she? So mm. th- th- there is that. And and I do understand that as a criticism, unless that is explained at some point later on, you know, why she refuses to contact him mm. or why she doesn't contact him. I, th- so that I don't know. Uh, and I think that would be a fair point if that, if, if if they introduce Claire and at no point does she go, hang on, I know a guy that, that can help you out here. season finale material. Well, maybe. Then, I, I, yeah. I don't know, but I, I get the feeling but, it possibly isn't. And maybe some of the criticism of the show of people that have watched the entire season, maybe some of the criticism is perfectly reasonable depending on how it ends. I, I, you mm. know, I don't know. But certainly up to what I've seen at the moment, I don't understand the sort of vitriol that there has been against the show so far. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think yeah, it's been good. Um, I mean, one of the exciting points I'm looking forward to is when the... I'm hoping it happens in the, in the first season is when he gets in, into his suit and stuff because that's quite a big uh, you know, superhero thing. Yeah. But yeah, I've enjoyed the fight scenes. I think the plots move along relatively nicely. I understand it, which is important as well. Yeah. Um, I like the uh, the female um, martial artist that he, he yes. dives into. Yeah, she's, she's really good. Cool. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, and the, the cage fighting is, is pretty good that, that she keeps going into. Yes. So, um, so that's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah I, I, I think, yeah, definitely want to to go and watch i don't think it's anywhere near as bad as a lot of the reviews have been making out so i would go and watch it if you're a fan of the marvels the other marvel shows i think that's worth going to watch Mm. um what comes first is it punisher or defenders defenders i think is next defenders is not really part of that is he no no i don't think so so defenders should be next Mm. another new show i saw this week on a preview, Perks of the Job, was um, <laughs> Prison Break. Uh, first episode of Prison Break. I wondered why you had that written down as, as a preview. <laughs> yeah, so, um, 
yeah, I, obviously, I don't want to go in and spoil anything on, on the show for mm. this. So my general o- overview of it would be, I, I think it, it's solidly written. It's still not entirely explained. It's it's not explained in the first episode how Michael got back. So, you know, it's, and you're finding that um, Lincoln, which is Dominic Purcell's character, the older brother, He's doing a lot of the heavy lifting for the first episode because obviously Michael is locked away in prison, which I think we've seen in all the previews. So that's not a spoiler. Yeah, that's like that's yeah, the, sort of the whole the point. Of the yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole point of it. Yeah, obviously Lincoln in the first episode is is doing quite a lot of the heavy lifting for it. I, I think it's it's nicely put together, and I and I would say the the one solid thumbs up I can give it is the moment the first episode finished because there's three episodes on the uh, press preview link. The moment the first episode finished. I wanted to go and watch the second one. So it's a good sign. Yeah. I, you know, I would say that is a good sign. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, to that coming out for the full season. It arrives in the UK on Fox UK on the 10th of April, uh, 10th of April at 9 PM. And uh, mm. yeah, I think that's going to be one to watch particularly if you were a fan of the previous four seasons. They do quite a nice little recap at the start, although it, it obviously doesn't explain everything that mm. happened. When but, did it end? 2010? Uh, yeah, t- 2010, I think. I think it so. Ended. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and the other thing this week has been Comic-Con this weekend. It was Comic-Con in Birmingham. So. There's apparently a Comic-Con coming to Peterborough, which is close to me. Right, okay. within a few hours driving distance which is apparently happening later this year I, I don't have much more than that but uh, <laughs> I was sort of sent a, a link for the page because um, some of my cousins live in um, Peterborough and uh, that would uh, you know it would be the most, okay. it would be yeah, a reasonable distance for me to go to it so um, okay yeah, that's keep good it- Keep an eye and an ear up for that. Yeah. So this is MCN Comic Con Birmingham, which is, you know, they do twice a year. This is the March one. Quite good guest this year. Billy Piper was there and uh, she she was on stage on Sunday. She was there all weekend signing autographs and stuff. And uh, she was there on stage on Sunday, did a, a panel about basically the general sort of things. But obviously a lot of her stuff was Doctor Who related and people asking about sort of, you know, Rose and working with David Tennant and all that sort of stuff. So, but she mm. was, she was quite good. She seemed a little bit nervous on stage, which is kind of interesting. And we'd been asked not to video that, although I think a lot of the panels have gone up on the main MCM YouTube channel. There was also um, Fadi El Sayed and uh, Greg Austin, who... I've interviewed previously from class. They were both up there. They did a panel. They they were really good fun. Still no news on a second season of class yet. They're still waiting to find out what's going to happen with that. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for those of you wondering. Was it successful? Um, it seems to have done reasonably well for them. I don't know whether it did as well as they'd like. So I, I think if it had been doing ridiculous numbers, they would have announced it by now. But I, I think, there is a chance that it may come back, but they've not announced anything yet, so we don't know. They did talk a bit in that panel, which that, that panel you can find, well, it's on our YouTube channel. It's also on the MCM YouTube channel. Uh, they did say that one of the problems is because they don't know, that restricts what other roles they can go up for right mm. now, which I always find is that that's a bit of, must be a bit annoying as an actor, that you're sort of stuck in this kind of holding pattern, waiting to see whether your show gets picked up again, because <laughs> yeah. you can't you don't know if you can take on anything else it's like with the with the walking dead guys i always felt when they didn't know who was going to be killed off yeah uh, i think that was a big big you know that issue for the end of the season and going into the next season
season contract yeah. was. So. Yeah, so so I I do wonder how much they paid everybody for. Like, I wonder if Stephen Yen got paid for the entire season, even though he only got he got killed off in the first episode Maybe, because yeah. because you know they they had to have him not take any other jobs or to take a very restricted kind of job. So I I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know how those contract thing work. Some other guys that were there were uh, Starsky and Hutt from the. 70s TV show and that was uh, Paul Michael Glazier and David Sol who played Starsky and Hutch and Huggy Bear who was the, their sort of sidekick Antonio Fragas was also there yeah they, they lost some goodwill uh, there because they were an hour late turning up to their panel oh. and left everybody standing outside partly I think that usually when you go to MCM they allow you to sit and stay in the theatre and basically just you know so you can rock up and like plop yourself on a seat and basically sit there all day if that's what you want to do and just watch panel after panel with these guys they insisted everybody was taken out of the theater so they could be on stage and let people back in i think the reason for doing this is because david soul is currently in a wheelchair and they didn't want to have them messing around with him getting up on stage in a wheelchair you know and didn't want like the fans seeing all that so that's why they didn't want the audience in there the problem is okay. that's fine as long as you're then not an hour late which basically means you've had people stood outside probably for an hour and a half queuing up waiting to get in for the show yeah um so yeah. and then when they got up there there was issues with the mics and that sort of thing i mean that panel is again up on the mcm website but that was yeah i i it's up on their youtube page but i i was that that was also slightly annoying for me because they didn't tell us until the very last minute that we couldn't take video so i didn't get opportunity to uh, record that panel and then they go and put the panel up on the mcm youtube channel i guess that's so they had more control over it but it is yeah. a, a, a bit annoying that and the other guy that i saw the panel for was michael landis from hooten and the lady who plays Ooh. hooten um mm-hmm. that was kind of that was quite interesting we did manage to video attack that panel but that was quite interesting though because he did talk about the fact that uh, Hooten and the Lady apparently is going out on the CW sometime in the next few months oh okay so which is quite interesting one of the things that makes that equally interesting is they were gearing up to do season two and then Brexit happened and the pound dropped so things become infinitely more expensive uh, Mm -hmm. to make and that's potentially scuppered the second season unless it does well on the cw and they're looking at trying to get the cw to buy a second season if the cw are interested in the second season we will get a second season that seems to be Mm. what they've told him do you think they will um well it's we've just got to wait and see how well it does on the cw when it goes out on air i think that's quite a good place for it i think it it fits in it's a very cw feeling show i would have thought Mm. that you know uh it's got that sort of fun factor to it it's adventure it's you know a bit like the 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 overall feel is like something like legends or flash or i mean i know it's not superhero based but it's got that kind of action adventure feel to it so Mm. and it's got comedy in it so i I yeah. think it's a very good fit and I think CW is the right place for it. So well, it's what is interesting with that though is CW almost never buying shows from the outside. Like almost all the CW shows are made by Warner or CBS, you know, so they're made internally by CBS who own both CBS and the CW network. Mm-hmm. So th- it's interesting that they've brought that in and whether it will end up going forward as a co-production possibly, I don't know, but... That I, I thought that was kind of interesting. 
Whatever works, yeah. Yeah. Whatever works. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of like I uh, described months ago when it when it was on. It is, it's the closest thing you're going to get to like an uncharted TV show slash sort of uncharted comedy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, until you know the film happens or whatever. Yeah. Um, when that happens, I don't know. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So, and it was a great fun show, and it did well mm. for Sky over here. But I, you know, the problem is it's in a very very expensive show to shoot because they are shooting all over the world, and that's why they're looking for somebody else to back them up with it so we'll see whether it, it moves forward or not i kind of hope it does because mm. it was a nice length as well a nice sort of eight episode yeah um thing yeah so we'll see that's all my stuff for this week unless you've got anything else you want to put in i had two other things Go um on. i saw logan um, oh yeah the hugh jackman send-off um finale i guess finale, yeah his his sort of uh send-off for um wolverine um i i did quite like it um me and chris uh planning to do a podcast on it soon okay yeah i thought the start was a little bit slow i thought the last half an hour was amazing and yeah i, I liked that it had like you know patrick stewart as charles xavier is back and it had um what's his name Stephen Stephen merchant from like ricky gervais yes yeah yeah they had him in it as well so that was quite a nice surprise um yeah it was a really good send-off for the character i quite liked it a lot yeah i so. thought it was really good and uh yeah it's a great send-off for both of them actually because patrick stewart has said he's not playing professor x anymore after after mm. doing that so yeah I, yeah I think it's a great send-off for the pair of them i mean um, you've got Fassbender and um james mcelroy yeah so you know the characters are going to continue yeah which so is fine hopefully that's all them yeah, yeah the franchise will kind of pass on to those two so yeah in terms of who's going to replace wolverine that's a, a big yeah, question that, that's um, a, apparently they have said that hugh jackman will have a say in who gets to take over the part which i thought was I interesting. Think be a, a good thing like yeah. you know, him giving someone the, the blessing yeah, yeah i think that needs to happen because you're not going to never do a wolverine film ever again so no uh, and somebody else has got to do it so yeah yeah mm. so man ultimate beast must which I've seen three episodes of. Oh yes, um, how is, is that? It's basically Ninja Warrior US, but bingeable because it's all available at the same time. Um, yeah. With Terry Crews saying he's got it over and over again. Every time somebody <laughs> grabs something or lands on something or something like that, he right. keeps thinking he's got it. So it's really, yeah, I do like it quite a lot. And it's got, um, you know, different people from different countries and they celebrate in different, interesting little ways. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I think it's the first nine winners of each episode goes into the um, 10th episode to uh, yeah. see who wins that so yeah it's pretty good so far have you I, seen it i haven't no i did wonder how that would work given that they've dropped it all at once mm. um because you know it, with reality tv formats of that type generally they do them live or they do them pre-recorded but they're put out weekly so you don't know who's i am won tempted the next just one. to watch like maybe episode nine and then ten or something yeah you see that so. that for me is the problem because i you know it, it's one of those things that i i didn't know how that was going to work because that would be exactly my temptation would be to maybe watch the first episode to see them all introduced and then watch the last episode to see who's left and mm. not watch all the all the bits in between so because yeah, you're essentially watching like everybody's journey to the final or yeah. you can watch, or you can immediately see who's in the final and just watch the final so it's, it's yeah. entirely up to you if you when you're watching it so yeah but it, it's been pretty good so far okay quite cool good. interesting um and that's it for my my list all right let's move on to some film and tv news <laughs> 
So we'll start off the film and TV news this week with some general TV bits and pieces. I, I kind of put this in, not that it's a show that we usually cover, but I thought we should put this in. Bake Off announced a couple of their new hosts for it moving on Channel 4. I'm sorry, I never watched it on the BBC either, but I thought I the, hosts, the hosts were so odd that, that, that I, I kind of thought it needed mentioning. So Sandy Toxford and Noel Fielding are, are taking over the Mel and Sue role uh prue leith apparently is the person taking over mary berry's position sandy toxwig i adore she's fabulous and uh like all british national treasures she's stolen from a foreign country so uh <laughs> uh yeah uh, you know i i think she's absolutely brilliant uh, and i think i can see her fitting perfectly onto that show because she's lovely and it's a sort of lovely you know family show so i, I think that's great no fielding however <laughs> Um, I mean, he's fine. And if you like his comedy, that's perfectly great. I, I just think he's a very odd pairing to stick together as hosts of a TV show. Mm. Very, yeah, very I remember weird. his little thing on, I can't even remember what it was, Noel Fielding's something comedy, that, that yeah. E4 show he did a couple of years ago. Yes, which is very odd. And, and yeah. you know, I, I just... See, apparently some of the people that turned it down, Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders turned it down, Jamie Oliver, Davina McCall, Kate Wilton, who does a Channel 4 show called Food Unwrapped, and apparently Josh Widdicombe was supposed to be the other one with Sandy Toxvig, uh, who does the last leg on Channel 4 and dropped out at the last minute. And see, Josh Whittacombe and Sandy Toxfair, I can see very well together because they, they you know, they, they both can be fairly kind of wholesome and, you know, I, I, I could see that sort of working. But, you mm-hmm. know, Josh has a little bit of an edge and Sandy can have a little bit of an edge. So I, I think that's fine. I, I just, yeah, it's it's no fielding. I, I mean, it may yeah, work so brilliantly, but it's an odd. Today as, as one of the um, people do, doing this and I was like, oh yeah, no, no fielding. I was like, wait, no, no fielding for Bake Off, okay, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that's going to be interesting to see how that works out. I, I'm still not convinced it was a good idea for Channel Four to go for this at all because I, I think it's such a BBC thing that show that I can't mm. imagine that running it on Channel Four it's going to get the same sort of numbers. So I don't know, but, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Like I say, I didn't watch it on the BBC either, but uh, you know, it's not really my sort of thing. But I just thought that no. casting, <laughs> that casting was so weird but I, I thought we should mention it we have a bunch of renewals this week as well the good good fight which is the spin-off from the good wife has been picked up for a second season that's got rose leslie in it from game of thrones who is playing the sort of new younger female lead in that show so that, okay. that sort of encourages me to maybe go and have a look at it even though it sounds what like it's character based. did she play on game of thrones? Uh, she played the wilding john snow's um i can't remember the character's name but john snow's oh, okay. sort of Wilding girlfriend she played. Mm. So you know nothing, John Snow girl. That yeah. that the one. Yeah. Yes, her Egret. Uh, mm. I think her name was. Mm. So yeah, she looks a bit like the girl from Horizon Zero Dawn. Oddly. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Or- <laughs> The girl or Ayla looks like her either way. Yeah. Works. Yes. Um. But but she's the lead in that show, or one of the leads in that show, and that's the spin-off from The Good Wife. But that has gone down well enough to be picked up for a second season. Oddly, part of the reason that that's getting pushed forward so much is the delay on um, Star Trek Discovery because Star Trek Discovery was supposed to be out now because originally mm. it was supposed to be coming in January and then it got bumped back to May. It got bumped back to. 
Yeah, I think it was May. And then it's got pushed back to the autumn. There's sort of two big shows, which one was The Good Fight and one was Star Trek Discovery for CBS All Access, which is their streaming service. And obviously with Star Trek Discovery not coming out, they needed to fast track The Good Fight. So that means that it's got quite an early pickup for a second season. So if you're a fan of The Good Wife, you'll probably like that. It's worth going to watch. Um, The Expanse got picked up for a third season, which I'm very happy about because I love the first season of that. I haven't seen the second season of it yet. Is this one you've watched? No, I do keep uh, hearing about it. Um, the guys over at Bold Move, who I mentioned a few times, are, yeah. are doing something on that. So that's kind of where where I heard that from. Yeah, but no, I've not I've not seen any of that before. Big, big epic space drama done by sci-fi in the US, but going out on Netflix over here. Um, They've only got season one at the moment. Before anybody asks, we don't know when season two is landing. I suspect season two will probably land after the whole of season one has gone out. I think that's probably going to be the deal. So we're waiting for that finish, which I think finishes in May in the US. So I'm hoping that The Expanse will arrive for its second season after that. 12 Monkeys has been picked up for a fourth and final season based on the original Terry Gilliam movie. It's one of those shows that has always had potential to be really, really good and just slightly falls short, I think, each time. So it's been quite watchable, but I, you know, it, it's just not quite got to the level that it, I think it, it needed to. So I think four seasons, giving it a, a, the opportunity to wrap up pop, properly is great. Yeah, that's um, nice. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it needs that. But it, the story gets so convoluted, I'm not even going to try to explain it, but it is basically <laughs> a, a guy a, a guy sent back through time to stop a virus, which is the basic premise of it. But it, it gets so convoluted and twisting and turning and all that sort of stuff over the previous few seasons that, I, you know, it, it's not worth explaining where it's at now. Are, I, they still I, on the, so are they still on the same plot or is it a different plot now? Because I don't I, know did, how you could- it's, do that for four seasons. Yeah, the the whole virus thing is still a thing, but they've they've added extra layers and other things to it, and there's you know problems with the timelines and yeah, so it, it's sort of okay. gone all over the place. But as I say, it gets very confusing to if you're not kind of focused on it. So I think wrapping it up after four seasons is probably a good idea. Yeah, speaking of of confusing plots, Legion has Definitely. been renewed for a second season, which is. <laughs> Utterly brilliant. I mean, I I adore Legion. Amazingly, despite the fact it's one of the most surreal and complex shows I've watched in a very, very long time. Yeah, it's pretty confusing sometimes. (laughs) But it it still, I think it still holds together brilliantly well. You are are left at some point in, you know, in some episodes of going, what the heck just happened? But then it's sort of revealed in the next episode, but then they add more confusion on top of that. So things get explained and then unexplained and then re-explained and it's it just but it's brilliantly hangs together i uh, you know you are kind of on a bit of a roller coaster holding on from dear life watching that show but it's uh i'm very very happy that's back for a second season because it's incredibly out there for any form of i mean i think fx which is where it runs in the u.s i think is a cable is a cable show but yeah it's it's even out there for something like a hbo show or something like you know i mean it's it's very 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 strange but brilliantly 
brilliantly put together and I would highly recommend it to anybody that's not seen it mm. yet. That's nice and short as well. That's eight episodes. Yeah. Um, so we got two yeah. left. We had six on Thursday, episode six. Uh, yes, I think so. So yeah, yeah. Not, not much longer to go. And I think that's one of its great strengths is the fact that they've not overdone it. They've really not. They've kept it mm. short and sweet and it, you're not looking for filler or anything like that. It's it's really nicely compressed and well put together. So mm. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how season one ends and I think I it's great. It makes it's, sense by the end. <laughs> yeah. I think it probably will, I hope. Yeah. Uh but it's yeah, and then picked up for a second season. So that's fantastic news. In terms of new shows, Ryan Murphy, who is the person behind American Horror Story and American Crime Story and mm-hmm. Screen Queens and Glee. Oh, and, Screen yeah, know. Screen Queens. Glee he did. Nip Tuck was one of his and popular as well was one of his. So, yeah, he's he's sort of going... He, he's basically been doing anthology dramas for the last few years. He's decided that he's going back to his roots and going to on to continuing drama with a show called Pose, which is apparently set in the 19, in 1980s New York, described as showing a juxtaposition of several segments of life and society in New York City, the emergence of the luxury Trump era universe, the downtown social and literary scene, and the ball culture. So uh, it, it sort of basically sets New York in the 80s and all the kind of mad craziness that went on there at the time. And it's a continuing drama, so it's not going to be an anthology that changes every season as well. So I, I thought this this sounded quite interesting. It's been written by Ryan Murphy along with Brad Falchuk, who is his long-term writing partner. And they've got a newcomer called Stephen Canals, who's um, somebody that Murphy discovered who he's, he's writing on it as well. It's going out on FX, which is where I think American Crime story and the other that, things yeah is that where american horror story america, is? yeah american um, horror okay. goes out as well yeah, there on well yeah. um and uh, it's got the american crime story producers behind it who i think have an overall deal there so no casting announcements yet but it's believed okay. that it's going to be mainly featuring new and unknown actors uh, hmm. and it will start shooting in october that's a busy guy as well because You've not only got... Another Robert Kirkman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you've got two seasons of American Crime Stories working on at the moment. One based on Katrina, the uh, Katrina disaster, and one based on the Gianni Versace murder. Those are the next two seasons of American Crime Story. The Versace one is being shot first, but will go out second because they were supposed to shoot Katrina first, but ironically can't because they're not allowed to shoot in New Orleans during hurricane season. (laughs) So, So... Yeah, which is somewhat ironic, but uh, yes, that basically stopped them from shooting until the weather clears up. So they've uh, they've got that to do. So there's two seasons of that. There's then a seventh season of American Horror Story, which is based around the US election he's also doing, and a second season of Feud, which apparently is going to be based around Charles and Diana. Which, which is an interesting one. I wonder how much how they're going to upset English people with that. But um, <laughs> so he's got those on, and potentially another season of Screen Queens if it gets picked up, which is looking highly dubious, I think, at the moment. Yeah, I watched the pilot episode of um, Screen Queens, and it was if you think Scream is silly or like a silly slasher film, then you're 
I wonder what your opinion will be about Scream Queens. Uh, <laughs> right. It's even more of this sort of silly teenage sort of characters. Um, very, very, very like spoiled characters. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that was quite fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it, I, it's more like, it's more like funny when somebody dies because it's so, such a like yeah, a silly just, kind of situation. Whereas with Scream, you do kind of get um, at least mildly attached to some of the characters. So it does, you do like care more when they die. So yeah. 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 Um, Have you yes. I haven't. No, I'm not hugely into horror. And I know that's more kind of horror comedy, but it just don't really appeal to me. I mean, I've I've only mm. watched the first season of American Horror Story and I know it's brilliant. It's just not really my sort of thing. So mm. I did love American Crime Story, though. So I'm looking forward to the rest of those. Over in the UK, we've got a new series. It's actually a co-production with Cinemax in the US uh, on the BBC called Relic, which I thought sounded quite interesting. It's described as a reverse serial killer drama. So uh, it's a major six-part hour-long series. stars Richard Donner from Fortitude and Game of Thrones and uh, Jolie Balfour, who was in Quarry and Bomb Girls. It's written by Harry and Jack Williams, who wrote The Missing and Liar. And um, the idea is that it tells the story of a serial killer but backwards uh, which is why it's called Relic because okay. Relic is killer backwards because it's spelt R-E-L-L-I-K yes it is so yeah. Um, it's described as a structural conceit which turns the serial killer story on its head. Perpetrator is caught before the drama moves backwards in time to the very beginning, showing the crime itself and ultimately the killer. The search for the killer provides the background of the story, but the damaged and disfigured uh, Met Detective Gabriel Markham, played by Dormer, is at its centre. Enigmatic, unrelentless and charismatic, Gabriel is propelled into an obsessive hunt for a serial killer who left a mark on him both physically and mentally. Gabriel's partner, Lane is played by Balfour. She's a bright, intense young detective. So, I mean, it, it, in its core, I guess, it is basically a six-part police drama. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it sounded really interesting. The idea of, it's almost Memento-esque in the way that it's sort of trying to tell things in a backwards way, because that's essentially what Memento, the movie, was. Okay. So that sounds great. It sounds quite interesting. Yeah, I, so, I thought that yeah. sounded like an interesting idea and an interesting take on a sort of police drama anyway i mean um, i'm pretty used to serial killer storylines given hollyoaks so yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but usually those last a year or a year and a half so yeah <laughs> so um other cast you've got uh josie patterson from who's currently in timeless and was in the leftovers paul reese who's in victoria and being human michael sheffer who was in black mirror and ssgb so yeah there, there's interesting cast with it mm. as well and yeah, I, leftovers is finishing so it, it makes sense that he would have been able to do this so. Yes, it does make me wonder what Patterson Joseph is going to be doing on um, on Timeless, whether he's going not going to make it till the end of this season if he's picked up something else. I mean, this is only a one-off six-hour drama, I think. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I thought that was kind of interesting. And the only other thing that, that uh, we've got news-wise was, we were just mentioning it before we came on air, was the fact mm-hmm. that apparently The Flash have announced that you'll be probably very v- glad to hear that the villain for season four, the season after this, is not going to be a speedster. They've not said what it is, but it's not going to be a speedster. And I think that's a very, very good thing because it's getting a bit ridiculous at this point. Yeah, I mean, you had um, what, Reverse Flash season one, then you had Zoom, Zoom season two, then now you've got Savitar. Savitar yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, in, in the comic books, I think Zoom and Professor Zoom and Reverse Flash, I think were the same person. I think they were both here, Bard Thorne, although there may be different variations of that's them, possibly. Barry's fault as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, 
Yeah, I, I think the fact that they're going a different route with a non-speedster villain for season four mm. is a very, as as very good idea. mess up as much as Arrow did in season four and go with some weird magic route that doesn't work. Yeah. Sort of but with that, it just didn't fit with Arrow. I think if Damien Dog maybe would have worked better in, in Flash because it's more like magic-y sci-fi stuff, whereas Arrow is more like archers and samurais and ninjas and stuff yeah so yeah i mean you put a guy in there with magic it just it just didn't work anywhere near as well so yeah be interested to see what route they go down i quite like to see the rogues actually get together properly on that show so mm. that's like um that's like trickster and uh, captain cold and weather wizard and you know because they're, they're okay. actually they're, there's like a, a a group of them that, that are collectively known as the rogues and uh I'd, I'd like to see those guys actually form the rogues and be working together would be quite interesting as a group of baddies even mm. if you end up with one main kind of bad guy throughout you know eventually it would be quite interesting to have those actually as a sort of core background group throughout the series maybe yeah i don't know what who they're actually going to pick they've not released that mm. all they all they've I mean, said is some of um grod this season and he's not a speedster and that works yeah and grod's been a fairly well. major character although yeah. i think the problem with using grod every week would be the production budget would just go, yeah. just go yeah. through the roof so yes that's unfortunately yeah. you could do it it's like if you had killer shark in every episode i think that would be a problem overall i'm very happy that they've gone as long as that makes sense and it fits and works pretty yeah. well and yeah. it doesn't like get kind of because one of the problems with arrow season four is that damien could have killed oliver so many times and it was just <laughs> like for an episode 10 and he's gone to kill oliver again and we've got another 12 episodes of the season and then it's like yeah. okay he yeah. could have killed him ages ago and yeah. just taken over. So that's kind of why that didn't work. Yeah, yeah. That, and then in the that finale, Oliver just got this kind of power out of sort of nowhere. Mm. Um, and then just sort of disabled him. Yes. Like disabled it, his power. So It has yeah. been much better. And then you had the whole Elicity thing, which kind of dragged a bit. I'm sorry, Elicity fans. Uh, but, but it did. And uh, I, so I, I'm sort of glad that I think it's improved a lot this season. Arrow, I'm I'm definitely uh, although yeah. I have to say out of all the shows, Legends I I adore because it's really? it's, okay. it's bordering on it's bordering on very silly at times, but I sort of love that the fact that they've been prepared to just go nuts with it and mm. you know that the whole the whole idea of like the, they had that plot line a while back of Ray and Nate losing their powers because George Lucas didn't make Indiana Jones and Star Wars. And those were the things yeah. that inf influenced them. I, I thought, yeah, little things like that I thought were absolutely brilliant. So, you know, I, I really cool. enjoy that show. I think it's great fun. Out of all of them, I, I think Flash is, is obviously still up there. But yeah, and I think Supergirl's doing very well as well. I'm enjoying mm. Supergirl. So It's just the fact that she's on a, a different earth. And, yeah, you know. I, I'd like them to have some sort of crisis event that will push them together. That would be nice. Yeah, I don't really, you know, find a way to make them on the same earth. I won't really mind the explanation. Yeah. Because um, I just want it to happen and it will help, you know. It will help with their little crossovers as well. Like a few weeks ago, Arrow called Barry um, for something. Yeah. And Barry didn't turn up on screen. What you had was just, you know, when he is running and you just see the sort yes. of flash thing. 
because um, he went into somebody's office to put something somewhere. Yes, I remember. Um, so yeah. he didn't have to have Grant on screen. It just had this flash come up. Sort yeah, of thing. So yeah. More stuff like that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be good. We'll, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I would like some sort of event, like crisis event that brings her onto the same earth. That would be nice. Mm. Um, so that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have an interview. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Thank you for spending a bit of time on the podcast. It's uh, very nice of you. No problem at all. Very excited <laughs> to be here. I'm lovely to be here in this beautiful podcast in my own room. <laughs> yeah. I love a podcast that I can do from my own house. I could, yes, yeah. It's always easier when you could do it for your own house. Really good of you to cover my transport. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> I really appreciate it. No problem at all. I can see your array of, of DVDs and books behind you as well, which is nice. You're more interested now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering what the, is, is that? a collection of dvds i see across the top shelf yeah it is and I'm, i think it's time i think it's time to get rid of them actually this is quite so because we're doing our loft right so we're going up into the loft and i've had to go and get in fact you can see now here we go i've had to go and get this massive box because i've got to clear everything out and i've got all my cds right yeah and suddenly, oh, look, it's the magic numbers. Those are the brokes. <laughs> all these CDs and, and stuff, just, I'm going to have to get rid of them all because I've got them all in yeah. the cloud. Got them all. They, they no longer exist. And yet, it's just not the same. It's not the same. No, no, I know. I'm like that with um, my, my, my obsession is comic books. I buy so many like comic books and everybody goes, oh, you can get them all digitally. And it's, it's just not, it's not the same as having something you can flip through at all. But it's not the same. You can't, you can't, it's not just a physical thing. It's also actually in terms of how much you enjoy the actual end product. Like I, I don't, now I've put all my, I've got my CDs down. I'm, look, I've got these massive CD cases, like yeah. some sort of, like I'm going to some sort of kids DJ 
cheap school disco <laughs> thing. And actually being able to flick through them and browse them physically, yeah, that is a really important... And then listen to the whole album, and not just one track here on a playlist. And yeah. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. It must be so difficult being a recording artist these days, and and you spend all this time and effort putting an album together, and then people will just kind of you know jump backwards and forwards between tracks, and you know you didn't do that on CDs. No, I know. And isn't Ed Sheeran in like nine of the top ten singles a hymn now? Because (laughs) probably yeah, because the way the streaming works, and you know he's basically written an album of ten singles. They've all come out at the same time, and now they're in the top ten. It's really weird. It's really weird. But I just it feels very timely that you've noticed all those DVDs and CDs because I'm I'm on the brink of getting rid of them and I don't know how I feel. Like half those things on that shelf you can get on Netflix. I've yeah. got them. I can pretty much watch them on my Apple Watch now. <laughs> and yet I think I think we're at a turning point, aren't we, where people are starting to go, I'd rather go a little bit more analog at the moment. I think it's getting all a bit too cloudy, all a bit too virtual and meta, and people are going back. Like with the vinyl thing, everyone's getting into vinyl again. So yeah, maybe yeah. That's, maybe that's the way we're going. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. There was a report out recently about the fact that kids prefer paper books to reading things on, you know, in on digital format, which I thought was kind of interesting. But that's, I, encouraging. Yeah. that's encouraging. I, I think, yeah. My kids definitely do. Certainly with younger kids, they do, because they can. it's just easier to see it, and then they can get crayons and ruin them. You can't yeah. ruin <laughs> electronic things in the same way. You, they don't taste as good, certainly for my one and a half year. <laughs> no, that is true. It's horrible. Yeah, they're kind of plasticky tasting, the, 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 yeah, yeah, the digital yeah. stuff. It's not right. Sir, you know, <laughs> if, if he eats a Peppa Pig book, that's fine. If he eats my iPad, it's over. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. So, um, yes, we should talk a little bit about you, I guess. Uh, you have a, a radio show on Magic. Yes, I do. I do a radio show on Magic weekends in the afternoons at varying times in the afternoons, just to keep Magic listeners on their toes, <laughs> uh, which is the default position for all Magic listeners. They're, they're always on their toes. Um, I do three till six on a Saturday afternoon, and I do one till four on a Sunday afternoon. I am struggling to remember the times there. <laughs> a bad sign a very bad sign but yes yes so how long have you been doing that for so i started four and a half months ago doing a regular slot so it's all pretty new at the moment i think um luckily i've come along to magic when um the certainly the playlist is is changing up a bit things are getting a little bit less uh or quite a lot less um easy listening i think they're trying to be a little right. I think a lot of people think of magic as yeah it's really chilled and relaxed and it's just a bit meh. and yeah there is they do do that in the evenings and it's lovely but in the daytimes there's really good songs like genuinely good songs like yeah like stuff i like and is that i'm i'm really enjoying playing those records and the opportunities i get to mess around in between has been has been a lot of fun and also it means i've avoided having to hang around with my kids on the weekend so it's, it's <laughs> win, win 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 david win, yeah, win, win, win. absolutely um had you done any radio before that yeah so i started radio about three years ago i do a comedy show on radio wales which i still do now called the leak right. uh, which is our weekly it's the it's our version of the news quiz but um we do a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a welsh angle but to be honest we're just very puerile about the news that's our thing like for example <laughs> it's, it's much sillier than shows like the news quiz. so for example when Theresa may's trousers thing kicked off you know she's just wearing leather trousers on yeah, the front yeah. of the magazine so we did a whole thing about has that distracted from the news agenda can leather trousers distract from the news agenda so we went out onto the streets of cardiff 
and we started trying to talk to people on the streets about Brexit while one of our crew stood in the background screaming, trousers! <laughs> to see whether it would distract. And it did distract. So that's kind of our approach to the news. It's very loose and extremely puerile. And you won't learn a thing if you listen to the show. Yes. Uh, well, that's always good for a news quiz. <laughs> that's what we're after. Yeah, yeah. You'll learn nothing. We might learn some things, but that's more about our careers than anything else. So um, that's your current day job. You also have done stand-up as well yeah you were support for Stephen Merchant in uh, Edinburgh Festival as well not in Edinburgh no um, round, a bit further north than that we went oh, around okay. Scandinavia together oh okay we, all, we did Finland Sweden all those bits me and him were like an Aryan dream team uh, <laughs> We were an aqua for the, for millennials, basically. Um, so uh, yeah, and we did Iceland as well. Um, and yeah, that was a while by now, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, maybe. So how how was that? Did you hang out much with with Stephen on that tour? With Rocho, yeah, yeah, he's from Bristol, you know. Yes. He's, he's- He's Bristol boy. That accent is completely real. I thought he was putting the accent on, but he's proper. He's proper Bristol, and uh, and he's very tall as well. Uh, yeah. he's he's a delight. He's he's he's. I mean, I've you know, you probably you know, you meet people who've had a lot of success and a lot of fame, and he is utterly unfazed by the whole thing, and and, and I imagine unchanged. I mean, he doesn't. He's got no airs and graces. He's got no. Uh, there was a couple of things where there were delays, and his luggage got lost, and people were bothering him for selfies all the time and he's just immensely patient and nice and just yeah he's a really good guy i've yeah. got honestly not a bad no i've got i can't think of a bad thing about him. <laughs> if anything he takes up a bit too much leg room when you're in the back of a car with him maybe that's, bit, that's quite annoying and he's got a lot more money than me that's fairly irritating um apart from that he's all right must be a nightmare for somebody like him because it's not like you can hide in a crowd when somebody looks for, looks for yeah, selfies. We were, in, um, we were in Stockholm, I think it was, and we all went on this massive walk for no apparent reason. And it just started, like, randomly. We were, we were out looking for someone to go for lunch, and it became an hour and a half's ramble around Stockholm. It was really weird. And he was there with uh, his girlfriend uh, at the time, and they were right in front of all of us walking through Stockholm. And you think in Stockholm he'd get recognised by a few people. Yeah. Everyone recognised him because... It's first of all, it's just like a lamppost has got a beard and it started walking around. <laughs> and so you can see, and that's the thing, he, that's why it became a massive epic Duke of Edinburgh esque expedition because he walks off and, and you know, like the guide who's got the umbrella at the front. <laughs> yeah. That's what, in, in a former life, you know, had the comedy not worked out for him, he could have been a great tour guide. Because yeah. you, you can see where he is at any given moment. And you can also see because the crowd stop and look at him and crane their necks as he goes past. <laughs> Everyone recognizes him. You've been invaded by giants. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a great way to go. Uh, and you're also an actor as well, which um, probably a lot of our audience will know you from uh, Torchwood, where you played PC Andy, later Sergeant Andy. He got promoted at some point, I think. Good knowledge, well done. Good knowledge. <laughs> so, yeah, how how was uh, how did you get the gig on Tor- Torchwood, and uh, how was it it working on that show? It was an audition in oh gosh, 2005 now or six, which. Yeah. I think your friend is a 12 years ago now. Gosh, yeah. that's, that's terrifying. Um, yeah, it was just a random audition. Um, they wanted Welsh, native Welsh people, and I'm from Wales, so that was, I guess, helpful. <laughs> Although my Welsh accent 
did change over the course of the series. <laughs> did about four series seasons of it, and yeah, I definitely had a different Welsh accent by the end. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just went along and did it, and, and before I knew it, I was filming it, and more series, and the part got bigger, and then I went off to America to do it, and I've done conventions off the back of it, and I, but it was this entry level part into the world of Doctor Who, into the Hooniverse, yeah, in both on on both on screen and off um that i have i'm so lucky to have done it's it's you know you hear the people who've done well saying gosh i'm really lucky i feel really lucky and i don't particularly think i've done brilliantly in my career it's all fine but when i think about how lucky i've been to do all that all that torture stuff and all that doctor who stuff it's just been fabulous what a gift what a gift yeah well i i always say it's it's always worth doing like something that sci-fi and genre if it gets offered to you because even if everything else goes wrong you've still yeah. got a convention circuit to go to afterwards it's always a convention <laughs> i'll be in gatwick this weekend everything, everything will be fine yeah no, absolutely and and that, that, that is an industry within itself and i know a lot of people do them but um but they're really good fun they oh, are, yeah, they gen- are. They're, yeah. they're great uh the first one scared the hell out of me but um uh yeah it's it is what it is i mean i can't believe they still ask me back genuinely when i get in asked to do them i'm like no no seriously <laughs> seriously i think i've met all the torchwood fans now there can't be any more i've met all however many of them there are probably five uh but they keep on coming out and also terrifyingly new ones keep coming along so people who are like sort of 16 17 oh, i love torture i love torture and i'm like cool how old were you when it first came out oh i was five great <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> so it begins. So it begins. I I have conversations with uh, some of my co-hosts on these pod on the podcast who are yeah. in their early twenties. So yeah. you, you talk to them like Buffy just had a twenty year anniversary, and you know, yeah. like, oh my god, they were like one when it came out and that sort of stuff. I know. The X Files as well. A lot of them don't really get yeah. what the X Files is. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> I know. No wonder, I'm, no wonder I'm talking down to you. No <laughs> You don't know anything. You don't know who the smoking man is. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's it's disturbing. Um, yeah, I mean, the, now the convention things I think are great. I mean, you, I'm not surprised you still get, get asked back because you've got, I mean, I've seen people there who were basically like fifth stormtrooper to the left that are still getting sightings. There was one who was man singing on the Titanic in an episode of Doctor <laughs> Who who was standing all around. And like, fair dues to him, but you can see people coming away with the autograph. And part of them was obviously thinking, why have I got this? Why have I done this? But they, they you know, yeah. the the um, the desire to collect you. People are just collecting you. Yes, that is, yes. that's what they're doing with you, and that's fine. I'm yeah. I'm happy to be your you know whatever it is panini sticker um <laughs> for, for doctor who that's fine by me so working on that show obviously eve and uh john were the two mains what's yeah. barrowman like to work with because I, I get the feeling he can be a bit of a nightmare just from messing around a lot of the time yeah i mean the thing is you have two different approaches to being an actor you do get you get some people who are very serious and and concentrate and yeah you know they, they're, they're really in you can't mess around with them and then you get some people who are just like babies and they are like like they've just been given all their limbs and they're just running around having fun and just playing basically yeah and yeah luckily everyone on Torchwood was was the latter everyone on Torchwood wanted to play and have fun and John very much led that that element of things he was definitely in charge of being an idiot but in the best possible way because actually 
you know, you any TV show you watch, you know if they, the cast have had fun making it, even if it's something really serious and bleak, like Happy Valley or something. Yeah. You know, you know if the cast have bonded, you can tell, and he knows that's important when you're making a show. And so, I think he's I'm a staunch defender of that that thing on set, messing around and being oh, yeah. silly. It's a game, and you're in a playground. There just happen to be cameras and quite large budgets at stake. But basically, you, you know, that's what you're paid to do. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he's there was an audio recording we did the other day, and and he managed to put off another actor using a part of his body. And, and, <laughs> y- yes, his hand. Obviously, I mean his hand. <laughs> he, was, he was waving at the other actor. Throughout. Um, you know, it's it's um, it is what it is. He, he is. He is Barrow Man. Yes, he has been known to put off actors on stage with other parts of his body. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Live theatre shows. Um, there was there was a, a story I think he told about using a certain part of his body to play the piano during a performance. <laughs> but, but, so he was behind the piano so nobody could see it other than people that were on the sides of him. Presumably uh, <laughs> well, he was, what was he playing? Chop, chop decks on the piano? <laughs> Not sure, probably, yes. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Eve as well, who, who was lovely. I interviewed Eve um, ooh, probably a couple of years ago now. When yeah. she did a, a play, uh, who who was absolutely lovely as well. Yes. So um, she was in Victoria as well. We were both in Victoria the first series of that. Oh yeah. Uh, so that was fun to see her again on that. It was funny seeing her in a different guise. It was yeah. Funny doing that. Yeah. Dif- altogether different stuff, but um, yeah, she's magnificent. She's magnificent. Yeah, because I mean, your your acting roles have sort of been a bit all over the place. You've got um, tell me um, about it. <laughs> which is great you know uh you've got torchwood victoria you played the duke of sutherland midsummer murders you popped up in an episode of uh yeah. the five which was a brilliant brilliant series on um, did, you like, did you enjoy that i loved the five yeah i thought it was oh, really five. good good it doesn't seem to get much heat now they were going to make another one called the four but it got canned i don't know if that's a, i don't know if i'm allowed to say that <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's interesting i had heard they were making the four i didn't know what what it was in so there you go yeah 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 they got it got slacked off um yeah, that was an amazing show. My God, that was um, that was that was yeah, filmed up in Liverpool, which is the best city in the UK. Oh, was it and, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Harlan Coben, whose books I've read, I've read several of his novels, and they are. He does. He does love writing books about children suffering, which is weird and dark. But um, it was a very compelling TV show, um, and you know, the more that, the, the merrier. And it felt nice because it felt like a show designed to live on a on a now TV Netflix type platform. It felt something, yeah. you know, like a very kind of post. But we're in a post box set world now. It's more that you know something on a menu screen which you're going to be compelled to watch eight or ten episodes of very quickly, and it yeah. was perfect. It was perfect for them. Yeah, it's really good. It was one of the first of, of Sky's kind of this. They're going through this original commissioning process at the moment. Yeah, fortitude and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they're doing. Have you got fortitude? Yes. Yeah. And because I'm sort of an episode and a half into the first series, and I'm a bit like, do I have the the box set leisure time to give over to this? Um, it is good. It's just a bit weird. It, it's. Right. It's one of those shows that you kind of... It has this undertone of there being something supernatural to it throughout. Yeah, I'm not sure I like that. Um, I'm not sure I like the supernatural in that context. No, it, it isn't. It just feels like that. Uh, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it, it isn't. And the second season's sort of similar to that as well. They have, have this underpinning of something supernatural going on, but then they explained that it's not. So okay. it's... Okay. 
it's good in in that uh, in in that way. And I yeah, I really enjoyed that show. So wh- what other sort of TV shows do you uh, do you watch? Well, um, oh gosh, what do I watch? Oh, just I, I, oh, I mean, just finished Westworld. I really like that. Yeah, so that was good. Uh, Anthony Hopkins was amazing in it. Um, I wonder when it's coming back. I like. Um, I love sci-fi. I love 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 sci-fi. Like if I could, if I had a superpower, it would be to erase all box sets and TV, in fact, all cultural experiences that you've loved so that you can enjoy them again uh, afresh. In which case, I would be constantly watching Battlestar Galactica. That's all I'd watch for the rest of my life, the remake. <laughs> I loved Battlestar Galactica so much. That 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 device of having the Cylons and not knowing who a Cylon was, I found thrilling. I just loved it. And that was really, that was brilliantly made. I remember they, they, everyone used to say, no, it's really good. And people would say, no, but it's just... It's just sci-fi, and people would say, "No, it's the West Wing in space." That was, <laughs> that's what I always said. It's the West Wing in space, um, which makes me think they should make the West Wing in space. Oh, absolutely! Uh, <laughs> anything, uh, anything yeah. to get more West Wing, I'd be perfectly happy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Although the current real-life West Wing feels like it's on a different planet. To oh be God! Anyway, yes. <laughs> let's not go there. Um, so I like watching that. I like. Um, I watched the Night of. I thought that was excellent. Really, really good. I really like procedural stuff. I like you know your broad churchy type stuff i like stuff where the color has been slightly leached out of it and it's just it's bleak (laughs) love happy valley i think that was magnificent all that sort of stuff really all that sort of stuff i obviously you know your sopranos and all those obvious ones i enjoy those i think that you know we're getting into a stage now where there's so much stuff coming out that people are starting to it's becoming less of an event now when you watch a good box set because remember there was that period probably two three years ago where every box set you'd watched you'd go wow this is amazing breaking bad i'm on facebook telling all my friends yeah yeah. and now now you kind of go i've just watched travelers on netflix yeah it was pretty good that yeah we're getting a bit spoiled we're becoming entitled to it yeah you know the stranger things you know that would have been a few years ago that would have right stop all everything all needs to know how amazing this show is but that's just what we watched this week and we'll watch another amazing thing next week there is just such a flood of amazing tv shows coming out in long form with amazing actors like anthony hopkins do you know anthony hopkins doing a 10 episode drama 10 years ago that would be like unheard of but these 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 actors need tv shows now hence like claire danes doing homeland Big film actors doing TV, and it just means it means there's less jobs for the likes of me. But it means <laughs> at least I've got good stuff to watch when I'm not working. Yeah, I mean, you can see why they're coming back because the quality is so high on on just a lot of these shows. Um, the Crown as well, my God, The Crown. I mean, yeah. every every minute of that show had more money than I'll earn in my life played into <laughs> it. it. Just it looked, and all the money went on screen. You know, I, I think they really spent a lot of time and money and effort making it look magnificent. And, and the script was just perfect. I mean, it was just so good. I loved that so much. And so, say, it reminded me of Mad Men in the way it just snaked its arms around you. It didn't have to grab you with big. 24 Jack Bauer-esque plot. There's a time and a place for that, and I'm happy, you know, I'm watching Shooter at the moment. Right, on yeah. The, you know, I can watch whole episodes of that without realising I've been in existence, which is perfect for me. Yeah. But there's something about things like The Crown and Mad Men, it just reels you in, and it's like it's like virtual reality. You're so immersed in it. It's so 360 degrees around you that you almost don't care what happens. That's and that's that's a masterpiece, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we've established TV's a, a passion. We've also been told you have a passion for gadgets as well. I mean, I literally just <laughs> found this on the floor. I just, as you said that... The heck is that? But this is a first-generation Mighty Bright, which is... Uh, 
it's like the little thing you click this on the side of your book and then this little chicken wire thing has a has a led torch on the end right yes and you shine it on your book i see um, and this this is the first one i bought it obviously it's rubbish and now it just sits on my floor and i literally just found it um, <laughs> but i have the good thing about this now is i've just discovered two AAA batteries which i should yes, be which is, it's always useful <laughs> always useful and throwing this junk away um I've now got the, the latest Mighty Bright, which is a USB charger and a much brighter LED light. And I use it religiously. It's a magnificent <laughs> piece of kit. It's so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. I cannot. It's about 40 quid on Amazon. Go wow. and get a mic. If you're into your reading and actually as a torch, because those LED lights, as we all know on the back of our phones, those LED lights are incredibly powerful now. They're so cool. And the battery lasts for like six and a half light years, I think. Something like that. <laughs> so it just goes on forever. Terrible online. So, um, what would you, what would be your favourite gadget then, other than the light, obviously? I mean, I, I'm just surrounded by them now. I I am inching myself towards being in this matrix-like pod where I'm just surrounded by buttons and experiences that I can touch and and interact with. That's what I'm getting towards. And and the more gadgets that allow me to get towards that dream, the better. So I really like um, Alexa. I've got got an Amazon Echo. Yes, I have one of those. So there somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Alexa, not now. Um, (laughs) I I think that uh, they're so quick. Like, it's amazing how... Everyone was just going, oh, Siri on Apple, Siri on Apple, Siri on Apple. And Amazon just came along and went, well, here's a version of Siri that actually works. I mean, yeah. it's quick as well. It responds very, very quickly. And that makes all the difference. It's those last little bits of fine-tuning that makes all the difference, isn't it? Just making it so it's very, very quick. Yeah. And it always works. And I, we love it. We use it all the time. It's really good. And it's such a good gadget that, you know, you get those gaz- gadgets that breach the generation divide. Yeah. So, for example, an iPad. You know, suddenly my mum's got an iPad, and I'm like, wow, yeah. at your age, there's only one kind of pad you need, and that is not... <laughs> Um, and uh, and Alexa's done that as well. My father-in-law's got one. My mother's got one. My wife loves using the She hates gadgets, but she loves using Alexa. Um, <laughs> I find it really interesting when gadgets become part of everyday life like that. Yeah, yeah. Have you got one particular gadget you loathe? Something you bought and it's just failed you miserably? That's a really good question. I, mean, I could look in my... I've got my wooden box here. There's a crate <laughs> full of gadgets that I've been to sort of reticent oh yeah this is quite um hang on the one for all remote control oh the one for all yes yes they're rubbish they're rubbish aren't they i'm just not interested in that at all um oh here we go this is nice i've got a nice big lithium battery this goes on my golf cart that is about 300 pounds worth of lithium batteries which if you open up the back components here you'll just see aa batteries going all the way down I feel I completely ripped off. Completely ripped off. Yeah, so that's quite annoying. Um, what else don't I like? You just, you just one day you go to your store of gadgets and go, God, I've got a lot of USB chargers. <laughs> God, I've got a lot of USB chargers. And I don't know what to do with any of them. Um, yeah, no, really. I've got this as well. This is this is a, actually this is quite good. This is a Belkin security camera. Right. Yeah. And when we go away, so you get and you get the app with it again, thirty or forty quid on Amazon. These things are always thirty or forty quid on Amazon. Yeah. And uh, we use that when we go away, and you can check the app, or you can obviously you can point it at the dog, so you can turn <laughs> your app to a dog watching. And whenever you feel a bit miserable at work, you can just see that your dog is at home sitting on your pillows or whatever. <laughs> so that's pretty good. I like that. So 
there's all sorts. Oh, I tell you what I did get. So I got given one. I, but sometimes you get these PR freebies. Yeah. I got, I got given a sleep monitor. Right, yes. Absolute pants. <laughs> you know when you wake up and think, oh, I slept really well last night? Turns out we've already got a built-in sleep monitor. We already know <laughs> what we've slept by how we're feeling. It's so, it was so rubbish. Yeah, because they rely on, they rely on you kind of how much you've moved around on the bed. But yeah. if you've got quite a good mattress, the bed doesn't necessarily move all that much. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's completely useless. <laughs> they are, aren't they? They are. But they're finding a lot of this attempt to um, make everyday human functions somehow competitive and like a computer game score. Like I've, yeah. I've walked 12 and a half thousand paces today. Screw you, Tuesday. Wednesday's the champion. Yes. You know, yeah. All that stuff is just. Just what a load of nonsense! Well, it's so, it, it's the whole gamification thing, which they they uh, they decided was the way forward for everything. Yeah. So gamification! Every- wow, yeah. I've never heard that word. Uh, they'll do it with emails next. You'll be like three hundred emails sent. Yes, I've got a new high, new top score. Yeah, no, go, look up gamif- gamification. Gamification is genuinely a thing. It's. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, exactly what you're saying it is. It's basically the idea that you take everyday things and assign scores to them and create apps that give you, you know, so like when you're walking, you get like things that pop up, say, congratulations, you've done 100 steps and it makes you feel better. It's, it, Do you know it, what? I would, I would love that if they could make a smart baby and then <laughs> you could like, you get points for nappy changing and for picking it up <laughs> and feeding it, man- managing to get yogurt in its mouth. I would love that. If I could, if you could gamify parenting, because also, especially with dads, because we're so competitive. Yeah. yeah. I've got 400 dad points. Sat, sat down at the pub, all comparing scores on the phone. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Somebody, somebody will, will have an app that does that, yeah. I'm sure. There's an app for that. That's a brilliant idea. Also, my, my wife would be like, God, you've been really good recently. You've really been all over the baby. You've been doing so much to help. Yeah, that's because I'm trying to become an Olympic dad. I'm trying to get the top score. <laughs> I tried to beat my mate who's, who managed to yeah. get like, got like 500 points for a really messy nappy change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's a poo nappy. 400 points. Come on. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, we've been on for about half an hour, so I should probably let you get back to your day. Okay. There's right. one one last question. We usually say two last questions, but we kind of talked about the what TV shows you're watching already. So my final question would be, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, which TV show would it be? That's a really good question. I would probably say um, Stranger Things at the moment, I think is extremely exciting. If, if I could go back in time, I'd like to be on Friday Night Lights, which would be really weird ah. because like, it's the most... Have you watched Friday Night <laughs> Yeah, the, you'd be the most conspicuous character on there. <laughs> Hello there. Clear eyes, full heart. Can't lose. Come on, chaps. Have a jolly good game of rugby. What do you mean it's not rugby? Looks like rugby. Why have you got pads on, you cowards? So I would love to do that, but I'm not sure I'd fit in. Um, no. I think it just shows that it's not necessarily the shows that are amazing to watch. Like, there are so many amazing shows to watch. It's more about the people and the imagination and the vibe on set. And from what I've heard from behind the scenes on Stranger Things and from what they're doing there, they're taking risks and they're trying stuff. And yeah. they've got a very clear idea of what they're trying to make. And there's various shows that I've done where they don't really know what they're doing and they're just sort of rattling it out and no one's in charge, no one's got control of it. And those are the shows that are never quite as good. Whereas if there's one or two people who have got a very clear vision of what they want, everything else 
fits into place and a show like that would be great and also it's really well paid so that would be cool yeah love <laughs> always good these gadgets don't buy themselves don't <laughs> yes you'll just have twice as many boxes of gadgets which you'll be looking at in five years time going why did i buy this <laughs> it's true i'll just be harvesting aa batteries from, from my baby monitor from my smart baby <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, I shall let you get back to your, your afternoon. Thanks, man. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, lovely to talk to you. Thanks for coming on. Have a good one. All the best, David. Cheers. 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 Bye. So that was the interview with Tom. Hope you really enjoyed that. Next up, we have some highlights for next week on TV. Highlights for next week on TV. First up, we have Rogue, which is actually on its fourth season, but it's not one that it seems completely passed me by. It's coming to Amazon Prime on the 23rd of March. So I'm assuming the other previous three seasons are already on there. It's a police drama, and it stars Thandie Newton as Grace Travis, a San Jose police officer working undercover in Oakland to bring down a criminal enterprise. I quite like Thandie Newton, so I, I think that sounds like it could be quite good. And I've, I've noticed a few people mention it online, so... I've not managed to get around to watching it yet, but I think that could be one if you like your police procedural and like cop dramas and stuff. I think that could be one to go and look up on Amazon Prime. It's on the fourth season starts on the 23rd of March, but I'm guessing the Ooh, first three like seasons. Mass Effect. <laughs> it's going to be a classic. <laughs> yeah, I won't be watching it on the 23rd of March because I'm I'm uh, most definitely playing Mass Effect then. <laughs> um, over on Netflix, you've got Grace and Frankie for coming back for his third season. That's on the. I think 24th. Ross watches that, doesn't he? Yes, Ro- Ross? Ross watches yeah. that. I'm. I can't remember whether. Pex watches it as well but Ross definitely watches it again I ha- it's one that I haven't got to but everybody tells me it's incredibly funny Jane Fonda as Lily Tomlin stars in a comedy about uh, two women whose husband played by Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston have fallen in love with each other I'm told it's absolutely brilliant but the third season of that is coming to Netflix on the 24th of March yeah I remember when um, I went onto Netflix and it had the, it had it there and I was like what's what's this sort of thing and just read about the um, you know read about the plot and I read about it and I was like wait what did, I, what did I read? And then I read about it again. I was like, oh, okay. This should, this might be kind of interesting. Um, yes. But yeah, I, I flicked on Netflix yesterday to watch an Iron Fist episode. And you know when Netflix has like a spotlight thing, something comes up in the trailer yeah, and yeah. starts. It came up with, with the reminder for that. So okay. one day, maybe I'll, I'll try it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things because yeah. it's a Netflix original series. You know it's not going anywhere. And there are other things which may disappear. So <laughs> you want to go and watch them first. I will get to it at some point. I do want to watch it. Mm. Uh-huh. How long are the episodes? I think they're hour longs but i'm not sure it could okay. be half an hour next up broken wood mysteries is uh, arriving for its second season on uh, uk tv drama that's on the 24th of march at 8 p.m this is a new zealand detective series not one i've seen but richard who posts on our comments sometimes says it has some similarities to things like midsummer murders not identical but they said they felt some similarities to midsummer murders so that that could be an interesting one if you're into those sort of dramas it's from new zealand apparently it's quite popular over there they basically ran season one i think last month and then they're running season two now so they're kind of seem to be racing through them i think it's got four seasons so far or they're making a full season so okay. it's obviously quite popular line of duty season four which is the the big police drama which i know andrew that's watches the, yeah that's the bbc um place thing isn't it yeah so bbc yeah. bbc one that's coming to no bbc one not bbc two 26th of march at 9 p.m 
It apparently was BBC Two's best performing ever programme, so they've moved it to BBC One, as they tend to do when things perform well on BBC Two. It always seems a bit unfair on BBC Two, but yes, there you go. Uh, <laughs> so that's moving to BBC One for its fourth season. That's on the 26th of March at 9pm. And uh, Empire is back for the second half of its third season, which uh, is highly entertaining musical drama series. It's very silly and very over the top, but it's very, very good fun. It's Every great. time I um, talk to people about uh, Nashville, a lot of people recommend this to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Empire. So It's great fun. It's described very early on. It was kind of described as, as Dynasty in hip hop or Dallas in hip hop for those that know those kind of old shows and it is very much that it's basically a, a family running a large company and rather than it being oil it's it's hip-hop that they're running you know it's a big hip-hop empire so i really enjoy that show it's just ridiculous fun it's got some great music in it and uh some some great music by our offering for eliza as well who writes the uh, who writes the score for it so really really good fun show that's uh, empire season 3b that's on e4 on the 27th of march at 10 p.m that arrives that's all our highlights for next week unless you've got anything else you want to put in no I've been watching um, Wentworth Prison as well which is something oh, I, yes. I just remembered um, yeah. which is the is it uh, Australian yes Australian yeah Australian um, prisoner cell block on, it's on like Soho over there or something yeah um, and then it's on Channel 5 over here I'm on the just past the halfway point of season 2 and it, it's really uh, it's really quite good yes um, yeah I, I'm uh, old enough like- to re- I'm old enough to remember the original series it was based off. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. Pri- Prison- Prisoner yeah. Cell Block H was the original series. That's everything for this week. If you want to find us throughout the week, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk, see all the latest air date info and news. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk, leave a message on the website post, find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, or on Instagram at Geektown UK. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.